Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The history of the Office of Attorney General here in the state of Utah over the past decade or so has been a wild one. Two of the past three attorneys general have left office early, and it's a statewide government role that not many understand. In fact, each time the AG is up for re-election, reporters and interviewers like me always seem to ask the question, what exactly does the AG do? I want to talk first about the role of the attorney general, because they're... People don't know quite what you do. (laughs) And there's that question again on display just last night asked by moderator Jennifer Napier Pierce during the final debate hosted by the Utah Debate Commission this election season. The headlines written about the debate for the most part have used adjectives like contentious and fiery. And there are those who have looked to earlier in the week uh, and asked why Utah's AG candidates couldn't have taken note from the example set by uh, Chris Peterson and Spencer Cox as they appeared together in that now viral video celebrating civility. Well, I'm not one of those. I watched the debate last night as it happened, and I've reviewed it again this morning. And I think that when all was said and done, it really comes down to a matter of relativity. Do Sean Reyes and Greg Scorda see eye to eye on much? No, probably not anything. These two aren't a pair you'll see seated next to each other at a bees game, palling around and sharing laughs. No, they're competitors. They are ideologically and politically at odds. They live differently. They work differently. They speak differently. Everything about them is different. They are competitors. But was last night's debate which took place just down the hall from where I'm sitting right now, was last night's debate a uh, a gross display of disrespect, lacking civility? No, not by a country mile. If someone tries to tell you that the Utah's debate season was wrapped up with our own version of the first presidential debate, uh, they're way off base. So let me give you a taste of how things did go down last night. Before the questions even began, each candidate was given a chance for opening statements. So here is how each of the candidates kicked off the night, starting with the current Attorney General, Sean Reyes. Thanks. As Attorney General, Jennifer, I've stood guard over Utah, protecting our children and families, defending our laws, lands, and liberties. Violent crimes are down on my watch. Utah is safer and stronger. I'm a proud Republican, but I work with Democrat friends across the state to get positive results for Utah. I really wanted this election to be about policies and positions, but my opponents chosen to go hyper-negative, making baseless accusations, attacking my integrity and my family name. So in my defense, I want to share some public reviews by his own clients. On avvo.com, a legal review site, 70% of them gave him the lowest possible score, saying things like, Greg took my case and lied to me about my options, or he lied to my face and misled me into accepting a deal, or He lied to me and my family. Most of his lies were told to allow him to do the least amount of work possible. There are many more like these on the site. So when my opponent goes negative, I ask you to consider what his own clients say about his credibility. Thank you. Now, that was the opening statement delivered uh, again by current Attorney General Sean Reyes. Uh, And just a little point of trivia I'd point out here. They were each allowed 60 seconds. Uh, That statement you just heard from Sean Reyes, 54 seconds. 
that's all the time he took. I, I guess he pocketed the extra six, maybe going to use him later. Now for the Democratic nominee, Greg Scordis, who, again, interesting little piece of trivia, took only 52 seconds to deliver this opening statement. I'm proud to have the highest ratings among the, the number one rating service that, that judges lawyers in terms of their ethics and their competence. Um, I am proud to be uh, named every year uh, by w- many of the Utah magazines as the top lawyer in the state. I'm proud to have been s- to serve the Utah State Bar and be named Young Lawyer of the Year, Pro Bono Lawyer of the Year, the Scott M. Matheson Award Lawyer of the Year, and I'm proud to have served hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients over my career. Um, I didn't expect us to start out so negative, but since we are, I- I- I'm happy to, to-, to move forward. But I'm proud of the career I have. I'm proud of the reputation I have. And I'm proud of the fact that Utah lawyers, judges, and police all respect me and have supported me. So there you have the two opening statements from the candidates. One of the features of all of the Utah Debate Commission debates has been the involvement of students via video, of course, asking questions of the candidates. Last night was no different. I'll share with you now a question asked by Hannah Shea, a student at Dixie State, who uh, asked about uh, the Affordable Care Act of the two candidates. Hi, my name is Hannah Shea, and I'm a student here at Dixie State University. My question to you is, do you support the multi-state lawsuit against Obamacare? Thank you. Here's how Reyes replied. Hannah, let me say up front, even if the Supreme Court strikes down the ACA, no one is going to lose their health coverage during COVID. I do support the case. The high court, the state, and the federal government are never going to let that happen. Legislative leaders have assured me that that won't happen. And when it comes to pre-existing condition coverage, you don't have to have the ACA to provide it. A number of states covered it long before the ACA. Congress or the state of Utah can do the same with any new law. And Greg Scordis. So what we'll do, if he prevails, is throw out the baby with the bathwater. What we'll do is we'll tell Utahns, you don't get affordable care. What we'll do is we'll tell 53% of Utah voters, not only are we going to completely ignore your mandate from November of 2018 to expand Medicaid, to include a base level of Medicaid coverage to people that are 138% of the poverty level, at a cost of 15 cents per $100 spent, not only are we going to completely ignore that mandate, but we're going to take expanded Medicaid away. We're going to take the Affordable Care Act away. And we're going to do so saying, well, it's an illegal taxation. It's unconstitutional with no alternative, with no alternative at all. He said, well, I have a plan, but no one's ever heard that plan. All right. So there you have it. That uh, with the time I have here to share this with you, there's a little glimpse into what happened last night. What do you think? Was it that bad? One thing is for sure. Both of the candidates and the debate commission have expressed the view that you should really soak in all the information, all the information available to you before casting your vote. You've heard just these few little clips on my show today. Well, I'd like to extend a further invitation to you to watch the entire debate. There indeed was a good deal of substance to come from these two candidates and uh, to hold off on casting your vote until you have uh, absorbed it all, I I think would only be a wise decision. You're wondering where to get a hold of this? Well, uh, the Utah Debate Commission hosted it. I have made the debate available in its entirety on my own Facebook page. If you make your way over to uh, Lee Lonsberry on Facebook, you'll want to look for the little live mic logo. I've got a personal page. That's not where it is. You want to come over to the show page, Lee Lonsberry, 
live mic. And please, uh, if you have the time, and I sure hope that you do, and if not, maybe try to make the time, watch these debates. Really get to know these candidates. Listen to them in their own words, and then make your uh, voting decisions. That's the way uh, That's the way I do it. I invite you to do the same. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return during the final segment of today's program, we're going to look forward to the big debate tonight, the last debate between the two candidates for president of the United States, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. What do you expect? We'll talk about it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.